What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. My name is John Kroom. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave us a review. It really helps out a lot. And a special thanks to all those people who have been out there buying our coffee mugs, our socks, our clothing, and just all the merch on johncroomcycling.com. I really appreciated it. It really helps out a lot. And another special thanks to those people who have been coming up to me at the bike races that have recently popped back up and just telling me that you guys listen to the podcast. It's uh, super cool to hear about all of you guys and and what you guys think of the podcast. Uh, I couldn't do it without you guys, so thank you so much. But uh, anyways, let's dive into this week's episode with Matt Musa. Matt Musa is a uh, ex-pro cyclist. Now he runs a company called Moose Packs, which makes frame bags, dog leashes, dog collars, um, bike bags, all kinds of cool things for the bike. And yeah, we just kind of chat about how he got into that, where he fell in love with the sport, and we honestly just get to know a little bit more about Matt. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. But uh, let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Spot. Spot is an accident insurance for active people. Guys, if you haven't already gotten Spot, you need to do it. I know everybody that listens to this podcast is active in some way or another. They're either skiing, cycling, running, um, hula hooping, any kind of crazy adventure. Uh, You need Spot because anything can happen when you're out there doing those crazy cool adventures and Spot covers it. Spot gives you a zero deductible accident injury insurance that covers accidents up to $20,000 per injury. All you have to do is go to the link in the description below or go to crew.getspot.com to get your quote today. It starts as little as $25 a month and you will be protected. And guys, I've already used it, so I know it works. Um, so go check it out at crew.getspot.com. That's crew.getspot.com. This episode is also brought to you by Chamois Butter. Guys, if you haven't been using Chamois Cream, I really don't understand how you've been riding. Chamois Butter makes products for everyone. So all you have to do is go to ChamoisButter.com, that's ChamoisButter.com, or just go to the link in the description below. My favorite is their Eurostyle, huge fan of the Minty Touch. But they have the lavender, they have the original, they have it all. They even have kit wash. So go to chamoisbutter.com, that's chamoisbutter.com, or just go to the link in the description below. This episode is also brought to you by Twisted Spoke Apothecary. Guys, this is that CBD I've been telling you all about here in Colorado Springs. It's ran by cyclists, so you got to check it out. Um, yeah, it's some of the best stuff I ever used, and uh, I'm a huge fan of their Pimpermint Tincture. It's what I use before I go to bed every night, and I have some of the best sleep, as well as their new CBD chamois cream. I've been testing that out, but they're, they have it full gas, and honestly, it's some of the longest-lasting chamois cream I've ever had. So you got to check them out. Go to TwistedSpokeApothecary.com. That's TwistedSpokeApothecary.com. Or just go to the link in the description below. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. I'm sitting here with Matt Musa of Moose Packs. Uh, this is this is one of those guys that uh, actually saw me grow up through the sport. Uh, I probably bugged the shit out of him trying to uh, trying to go up through the ranks myself. And uh, now he's he's kind of moved on. Still into cycling. Still loves cycling. But he's uh, he's got a company that's that's doing pretty well called Moose Packs. So Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Good. So, good. Uh, uh, good. Wednesday morning here in Charlotte, <laughs> North Carolina, where we uh, we based the company out of. Yeah. Uh, right on, right on. Well, so you mentioned, you mentioned coffee. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, drinking water right now. Yeah, cool, man. So what do you – what like, like tell me a little bit about your background and like how you got into cycling and – and where that all started, because I remember when I met you in Charlotte, like you were you were the legend of of Charlotte. I know you don't like <laughs> like it being being told, but you because you moved up through the sport pretty quick, right? Like you're like cat five one day, cat two, and then the next thing you know, you're you're on Stan Snow Tubes and part of some of the biggest USA Crits teams on the East Coast. Yeah, uh, well, I will say that I, from a young age, I was always mountain biking. Uh, doing a lot of, uh, uh, competitive cycling kind of like in, uh, um, late middle school, uh, yeah. like early high school, really getting into mountain biking. I actually didn't start road cycling until I was about like 18 or 19. But at the time I was racing, um, a lot of the, uh, kind of regional professional level mountain bike races. Yeah. Uh, kind of the, you know, pro one, your endurance mountain bike cross country races. Uh, so I was, I was competing with a lot of guys who did, uh, race at that, uh, some, some higher levels. So coming into road cycling, I think it just worked out well that I was, you know, kind of already racing at a different tier for sure. So I got to move through a little quicker. Um, it was still difficult. I mean, even, uh, uh, one of the things I, I didn't really learn until I was a cat three was, uh, tactics. Yeah. Um, and at least learning how to ride in a group. Uh, I remember the first few cat five races I did, I just kind of rode off. And, yeah. That, uh, you were kind of known for that. I think that's what created your legendary status, I guess. And at least in those early ranks for those old dudes to be really stoked on you was the fact that you would just <laughs> ride away, lap the field. And then the race was pretty much done at that point where you'd ride through the field and do it again. <laughs> yeah. well i wish i could do that at the, at the cat one stage <laughs> yeah a lot faster. for sure for um, sure man but yeah, yeah so what like what what transpired i guess more or less like for from there like what like what what i guess pushed the drive for you to kind of keep going like did you have any like pro ambitions or anything like that i i mean i i think a lot of cyclists um really want to be at the top level for sure um, so they're just going to keep working as hard as they can um and for me it was uh, i would see guys racing at you know racing at novon healthcare when i was 15 didn't even ride a road bike or have one i was like man i'm gonna be there i'm gonna be in that race yeah and for you yeah, guys we're... that don't know what novon is it's the it's used the old charlotte pro crit yeah, yep. fortunately, I got to race it twice until it it, it no longer happened. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I just really became involved, really motivated. It's just fun. It's part of my everyday life. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed riding bikes in general. Um, you know, I don't have to be racing. <laughs> I just, you know, I just love being on the bike. So I think that was one thing that kind of kept me going. You get to travel a lot. Uh, I got to yeah. see the whole United States, a bunch of Canada that I never would have seen or never, uh, you know, even had the opportunity to go out there. And, um, so it's great experience for sure. In general for, for anyone racing at any level, traveling to a race is, um, just a good overall experience. 
For sure. Yeah. And so, you, like I said before, I mean, you've raced for many USA crits teams and some that some that I actually looked up to, I mean, like that I was pretty envious of. I mean, even as as a cat four, I was just like I was sending um, it was funny, man. Like I was that guy who would send a resume as a cat four to a team and just like I, a quote unquote resume um, yeah. and yeah. in hopes that. They would just be like, "Oh yeah, you know what? We'll definitely support you because you you have the experience, and that's the, definitely the direction our team's going." But what was uh, what was one of your favorite teams that you rode for, and why? Hmm. I like Stan's No Twos because they would send us to like every race. Um, they had yeah, they had yeah. a big they had a big budget, so we got sent to oh, like 60, 70 races. I mean, it was every USA Crit race. Um, anything local we went to and then a few um well we didn't do nrc stuff it was mostly just crits uh, yeah but any like uh like one day kind of road race nrc road race we, we would jump into um uh, i really like stands no tubes uh, but then i'd say uh palmetto with uh uh ben he started yeah. that team. That was probably the most fun because it didn't feel like a job. And we still got to go to all the same races. And no one, we didn't have to worry about like, you know, you have to get a result. Yeah. For all the sponsors. Stress free. So I think, yeah, that was, I think that was the most enjoyable of uh, traveling. Yeah, I mean, you know. Just yeah, yeah. No, no, I get it, man. And so, like, I guess I guess my next question is, is let's let's dive into a little bit of your business, man. I mean, I remember hearing that you were going to do this. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I don't think he understands how hard that's going to be. Like, and then and then I saw and then I saw the first bag come out or like one of the first bags. And I, and I don't know if you had it or Ben had it because I think you were making bags. And just giving them to friends and just oh, yeah. and and showing them off. And I remember seeing him and I was like, the name's cool. Like the bag's actually cool. Um, and then you went to school for it, right? Like you went to Appalachian State for was it design or oh yeah. Yeah, I went to App State uh for a few years for apparel design. Yeah. And and yeah. like I remember chatting with you and you were like talking to companies like Mountain Khakis, like internships and and all this kind of stuff and 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 you've kind of brought it to fruition so tell us a little bit about how that started why you wanted to do that i mean you know like you literally went from bike riding to be like dude i'm gonna make some cu cool custom bags for the bike and i think this was at a time when bag like we're talking about it now because like frame bags are huge and 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 bike roll bags and those things are big but back then like if you no had some something, yeah, yeah. If you had something like a floppy handlebar bag, nobody wanted that. Exactly. People thought that was crazy. They said, "Yeah, it's old school. No one wants that stuff." Yeah, yeah. And so, so where did that where did that even come from? Well, it so it literally actually came from the flip of a coin. Uh, uh, racing career was like kind of coming to an end, and I was like, "All right, you know, I'm going to go to college." Yeah. Uh, and so I'm sitting there with my mom. And she's like, well, where do you want to go? I was like, I think I want to go to App States in the mountains. I love the mountains. She's like, well, what do you want to do there? I, was like, I don't know. <laughs> she's like, well, just, you know, highlight two. We print out the whole, a whole page of like, 
every major they had. And, you know, right off the bat, I could pretty much narrow it down to like, you know, only two that I could probably physically pass with, with like, you know, (laughs) just bare minimum C's. So like anything, science, history, you forget it. Um, But it was going to be like a, like art history or um, was actually thinking about uh, like their, their ranger program for uh, mm-hmm. like a national forest ranger. Yeah. And I was kind of looking at both and then I, I spotted, you know, apparel design and she was like, well, just flip a coin, see which one it lands on and then just pick that one. I was like, okay. So that's how it started. And so I, I literally go to school because my mom was like, yeah, just flip a coin. She's like, that's what I did. Man, but isn't that the greatest thing you ever did? Because like, think about if you were an art history major right now, like you'd probably be teaching, right? I'd probably be somewhere on the same lines of Picasso. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Yeah. And so like, yeah. And so that's, it's interesting how, like how kind of life develops in, in its own weird way. So like, anyways, like take us through, take us through how it's kind of developed. I mean, you went from making bags and giving them to friends and now you sponsor one of the biggest gravel racers, Ted King and Laura King in probably in the country, if not the world. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, they're pretty pretty amazing. Uh, Yeah. So quick step through college, basically uh, we would have workshops and everyone in there would, you know, mainly be doing apparel. Uh, and I decided, well, I'm more interested in outdoor gear, uh, a lot of different uh, types of gear, backpacks, duffel bags and whatnot. Uh, and so I figured, well, I'm just going to start making bags. They had a handful of industrial machines. I started ordering, you know, thicker, tougher fabrics online and just making these products, looking at other products and just trying to figure out like, hey, how does this piece together? Um, creating patterns and um, some digitally, some by hand. And uh, it just evolved from there. Yeah. I mean, I made a backpack and Ben was like, Hey, that thing's pretty cool. And I was like, Oh, here, just have it. I was like, I'll make another one. I know I will. So that, like you said, just people were just like, Hey, can I get a bag? And I started handing all these bags out. And I was like, man, I started at least making my money back. Yeah. (laughs) were you so, having to buy were you having to buy the material in college like if yeah. you're making anything outside of or was it even like projects and everything yeah i had to supply myself with all the material the university would supply you with like uh tools and uh machines but any material that you wanted you had to purchase um so then i just started pricey. it was pricey for sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i started basically just um, saying, well, you cover the cost of goods and I'll, I'll make you something. Um, and then it slowly formed, um, into, well, I'm going to start this image with this and I'm going to call it moose packs. Cause my last name is Musa and yeah. I'm making packs. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome. Real, real original. <laughs> yeah. The thought for, well, it, it kind of works out perfect. I mean, if I started calling something moose packs, um, it probably wouldn't work for me as well. Um, I mean, even if it's not original, it works out, you know? And then I bought the website. So I kind of own the domain. Um, I purchased, uh, like, uh, 
um, some rights to the logo and uh, just pretty much sat on it for a few years. Graduated college, uh, started working freelance uh, with a designer out of New York, did that for about a year and then ended up working for uh, VF Corporation. Um, they're out of Colorado now. I'm not going to lie for a second. Like when you said you were working for a designer in New York, I picture the movies of you just like running through this big glass room with, with like coffees and you're just like fumbling yeah. everywhere and you're working for some like project on designer. Yeah. And it's like, get out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty but much so, how it was just, yeah. uh, you know, over Skype. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So VF in Colorado. Uh, and then worked for them for a few years and then, Catherine and I uh, got married this last year. So it was uh, supposed to be a, a pretty good wedding, um, but the pandemic happened. Uh, so at the same time, I said, I think I'm going to quit my job and start Moose Packs full time. Yeah. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so were you working for VF at the time or? I was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I worked for them for about, let's say, Moose packs and VF overlapped about three to four months. Um, but then I just eventually, uh, uh, left, um, to start the company. And so far it's been really good. I've That's had, awesome. I've had some, a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a lot tougher. Like you said, starting your own company. I mean, it's for sure. I, I thought, well, I'll make bags. It's popular. You know, it'll it'll go well. Um, yeah. And it's hard. All the other things that go into the business that I did not know uh, yeah. about running a business. Uh, Sales tax, just, licensing. Exactly. Kind of stuff. Yeah, it's nuts. Everything that just kind of started up uh, was a was a, a big learning curve. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy to be doing it. You know, it's. Yeah, it's awesome. So are you guys like, do you still make all the bags by hand or like, <clears throat> do you guys have factory or how does that work? So last year, a uh, big, big shout out to Ted King. Yeah. He, uh, you know, Ben Wolf, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I know of him. Shout out to yeah. Ben Wolf as well. Uh, he's one of our, uh, uh, product ambassadors. Uh, he said, Hey, I've got a buddy who, um, who's doing this, you know, kind of DIY gravel, and he wants uh, some bike bags, so I'm going to send him your way. I said, "Okay, cool." He said, "Yeah, it's Ted King." And I was just coming. Just his buddy, just this guy. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, bro. <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, that, that totally rings a bell." Where do I? Where do I know him from? I don't know his name. And so I just kind of looked him up. I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, Ted King, yeah, <laughs> big time, yeah, World tour rider." Uh, so I said, yeah, send him, send him my way. And I mean, he couldn't have just been like just the, the nicest guy. Just like, yeah. Sent me pictures of his bike. Uh, did a FaceTime just to kind of confirm like some designs and uh, just great down to earth. Good guy. Yeah. And uh, he posted a picture of my bags. Yeah. And it just went big. And at the time, I didn't really expect like something like that was going to happen. I said, all right, I'm going to, over the next four months, build inventory, launch it in October uh, of 2020. Oh, and so you haven't fully, you haven't fully left your job yet. No, and right? the website okay. wasn't even working. No one could even purchase product. It oh, was man. 
for me, (coughs) I was like, all right, I have to take all my time to build the back end of this. Yeah. And I need to have some, some strategic marketing set up. I need to have, you know, branding. I need to go out and get photography and video, build this website, um, build the product, at least have one or two products available, um, order enough materials to make all this stuff. And before I could even do that, it was like SWAT team, FBI, all the armed forces just kicked my door down. (laughs) Whoa, what, what are you guys doing here? Yeah. Uh, So were you just having people write in or what was the deal? uh, So I I started having people contact me on Instagram and it was really overwhelming. So I was like, okay, I've got to get uh, email set up. So I've info moosepack.com. There you go. Set up. Website still not set up. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. uh, I I just created basically a a form for people just to kind of choose a handful of colors. I said, hey, here's here's kind of the design. Um, Had some pricing set up and just let it go from there. And I probably had, I don't know, three to 400 orders within a month. And half of those I couldn't fulfill. And I think it was just because the time frame that I was setting was so far out that um, people were like, well, you know, I might, I need something in the next coming weeks. So, yeah, which is okay. You know, I mean, I literally was like just starting. So it was form orders. Like at this point, you haven't taken anybody's money yet. Not at all. Yeah. I basically, I basically took money as soon as, um, it was done. as soon as the product would ship, which was a little risky because I invested a lot knowing that I was going to make it back. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it worked out. So, yeah. uh, very fortunate for that. Um, yeah, you essentially got like a Kickstarter loan to start your business in a weird way. I mean, I'm not saying that you didn't put any money into it. But it's like a lot of people like the product, like buying the products, the hardest part. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really good way to look at it. I basically just had uh, so many pre-orders. It was it was like a Kickstarter. <clears throat> wow. Um, and then from there, I was like, well, I can't keep up with this demand. Uh, I'm going to have to outsource, but I can't go overseas just because it's not that's not what I want to do with it, with the brand. I want to keep it U S made, um, a sources as much materials as I can and everything from the U S or at least, um, if it's coming from overseas, I'm purchasing it from a U.S. distributor. So yeah, always giving us companies the business. Uh, so I started reaching out to like everyone I have, uh, in the apparel industry or outdoor industry contacts, like, you know, any cut and sew shops, like any small factories out there that can make me like a hundred bags or something. I finally found someone out in Seattle that was like, yeah, send me your tech pack, your pattern, all your materials will knock you out 150 bags. So they were, the main problem is no one will make you, um, product unless you're ordering very large numbers, um, 500, a thousand, sometimes even 10,000 units at a minimum. Yeah, for sure. I work for, I work for a bag company. They, uh, they source out of, uh, I 
I want to say Saudi Arabia, maybe. I don't know. But they had to order like, I think it was like 50,000 bags or something. The bags that they were making. It was insane. Yeah. I mean, you have to. And one of the reasons for that is just it's not worth the factory to kind of rearrange their whole facility for, um, you know, five days worth of work. Yeah. Um, if you're doing like 100 bags or something mm-hmm. or, or a week or two, they want to have it set up for a whole month. Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate enough to that for that to just get some help. And uh, we're slowly kind of building like a good relationship so that I can um, hopefully use them in the future. Uh, if I want to get some more like, like bulk inventory in, which I believe I'll need here in the next coming months. Uh, but I'm also looking at uh, locally as well. There's the North Carolina is a big textile industry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 20, 30 years ago and there's still a ton of uh, uh, factories out there that can help. So I'm, I'm looking uh, to kind of bring it and keep it a little more local uh, mm-hmm. within driving distance uh, just so I can uh, kind of go in there and like have a really good feel for what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I'd say since last year, I've probably made 600 bags myself. Wow. Um, I still make them all pretty much That's <laughs> other, insane. Than, other than getting a outsourcing a little bit of inventory last year, just to kind of help me roll through the year. Are they pretty similar? Like, I mean, like you make them and then the outside, like, could you tell a difference? No, you can't tell the difference because the way that I make it, I, I build the spec to be uh-huh. like this. Um, yeah. So it has like, everything has to line up and I mean, I've, I've got it down to like, you know, 16th of an inch or wow. things to play. So, uh, yeah, wow. I mean, it. No, that's, that's, that's insane. Yeah. Like just to think of like how quick that kind of happened. And I mean, I guess it didn't really happen too quick. Cause I think I, I mean, man, when I heard you doing this, I think Charlotte was still around maybe, or it had just been like the first year. It wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing these bags and I even remember reaching out and you just being like, yeah, man, like you just pay for the, pay for the fabric and I'll do it. And, and I, cause I thought they were pretty cool too. And I don't even, I don't even really remember whatever came of that, but, um, I probably just didn't follow up with it really. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so that's awesome, man. So if, if you guys haven't already, please, you know, link in the description below, check out moose packs and uh, get yourself a bag. And so can, can people order them? custom like like certain yeah. measurements because i think like with apodura like you actually have to measure your they give you a printed sheet of paper and you wrap it around the bike and that's like it shows you the fit it's the weirdest thing like i remember because i worked with apodura on a project and they i had to print out like six pieces of paper and line them all up tape it and then wrap it around the bike so can like somebody actually send you measurements and get their their own custom bag made yeah, so for frame bags, I do have a, a program set up uh, where you can go on the website, you click frame bag under the custom shop, and there's a few measurements uh, that you have to send in. Uh, I've I haven't dipped into the that full frame bag, yeah, uh, for uh, your your big bike packing adventures yet. Um, those are a little more difficult, so I've yeah. I've uh, slowly been working into the frame bags as far as. Uh, I do all the patterns by hand, so I can't, I don't have like a big industrial printer and uh, I, 
uh, yet. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't have the, uh, the CAD design to, to build these out and print them out and at least maybe send that uh, in some sort of PDF to the customer. Um, but I'm working with half frame bags, which I think a lot of people like. It's good for weekend trips. Um, even Are you every- talking about like the full top tube just halfway? Yeah, like this. Perfect. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it connects yeah. the C-tube and the head tube and then yeah. top tube. Yeah. Big, big opening. It's got some oh, pockets in there. Yeah, see, I've never seen them with pockets in there. Big zipper pocket. Oh, that's big. perfect. Yesterday, Catherine and I uh, rode our bikes over to uh, uh, Total Wine and, and put a wine bottle in there. <laughs> right put a piece of beer on the on the front rack, so right <laughs> it yeah. uh, it holds all the essentials. <laughs> That's yeah, it sounds just like it. And so, and so now, like you know, I guess at the end of the day, your goal, right, is to is to blow this, have your own facility, right? I mean. And, and, and so what are some of the riders besides Ted King and Ben Wolf? What are, what, who are some of the other riders that you support? Do you support anybody else? Yeah, uh, we support a few riders out of uh, California and, and one more rider out of Pennsylvania. Uh, that's uh, going to be Chris Meacham. Okay. And then uh, we also support uh, Sam, who rides for uh, Legion. Sweet. Um, and we support uh, his... Uh, uh, his partner Jess. Jess, and, yeah, we've had her on the podcast. Yep. And then we also support uh, uh, Libby. She goes by Lib Dog. Sweet <laughs> Lib Dog. All right. And cool, uh, man. yeah, they're, uh, they're yeah. I mean, they're just great people to work with. Um, good to have uh, a lot of people riding the bags that can I can kind of lean towards to give me really good feedback. Um, I talk to them on a regular basis about uh, the new product that I'm coming out with, different features. Uh, so it's kind of good to have a, a team. To well, I was about to say, yeah, work. I feel like the people that you have lined up are like some of the biggest adventures in the U.S. Like, I mean, Jess, even though Sam's riding on a crit team slash UCI Continental team, like that dude goes out on some wild rides. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. Last, last best ride. Are you going to end up being there this year or are you – you passing out on that one it's gonna have to be a uh 2022 yeah uh, adventure uh yeah. we're going to rooted and then uh, catherine and I, catherine and i never got to take a honeymoon so mm, we're gonna spend the next few weeks exploring maine yeah um, that's awesome or else we would or else we would be out there um kind of and y'all you, you well i think you're a little bit okay on the not taking the honeymoon thing i i uh i got married on the on august 12th 2017 nice. on august 15th of 2017 i was at a pan am championships camp <laughs> and uh, yeah it took us a year and a half for us to ever go on a honeymoon and it was for me being told that i wasn't going to a world cup so uh it was kind of like yeah might as well go now and have fun and enjoy it. Um, so yeah, make the best of it and, uh, and enjoy it. But, uh, but yeah, so I don't want to keep you all morning. I know you got things to do. Um, you know, I, I prepped you with this question. I know you don't drink coffee, 
but uh I'm probably the only cyclist in the world that doesn't drink coffee it's not true we've had somebody else <laughs> jesse anthony can't drink coffee anymore um i want to say we've had so. like two uh, i think he has like some like you know these cyclists find out about their like heart things so late on but uh there's a few there's a few cyclists that have been on the podcast that can't just can't do coffee just won't do it um one wouldn't do beer either so it's just tea so but i know i know you're a beer guy um if you could have beer with one individual dead or alive who would that individual be why and what beer this is an important thing i mean i think i don't think people take enough thought into this um because usually when we ask the question it's like how would you take your coffee you know i think that's important now you got me on pins and needles uh I might have to rethink my, I was, I was, uh, I was thinking about this last night. I was like, you know, I would love to meet Stevie Ray Vaughan, blues guitarist. That'd be cool. Uh, I mean, you know, he, a pioneer, right. Yeah. In the music industry. Uh, but now I don't know if he would drink the beer that I like. So I don't <laughs> think, I don't think he necessarily that. has to drink your beer, but but I definitely think a beer is a mood situation, right? Like if you drink a Coors Light, and I'm not saying that you would, versus a, you might, you might yeah, depending <laughs> on who you're with, and that's the thing, it's the mood, right? Or a porter versus an IPA versus a stout. There's so many options, man. I think I would lean towards my go-to of a Guinness. Mm. Yeah, right on. Guinness, yeah. Have you ever uh, had a Guinness in like Ireland? No, I'm sure oh, it's a hundred times better. Oh man, I, I can't do Guinness, but when I went there, I could somehow handle it. Like I could drink it. It was different. And I don't. I, I, yeah, I'm sure the. the I feel the, really pretentious saying that, but. <laughs> beer, no, I mean, I, I've I've heard that the beer that some companies uh, uh, send to America isn't quite the same batch as they yeah. have. Um, for instance, like a, like a Stella, you drink yeah. it here, it's might be considered a, a generic beer, but yeah. over in Europe, it might be, uh, it's something that's a kind of a go-to or it might taste better. Sweet. So, so Stevie oh, Ravon and a Guinness. I think I'll stick with that. It's a good answer. It's a good answer. I'll so, let the, I'll let the comments roll on that for a while. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. Uh, and so, and so you're racing this weekend at Southeast gravel, right? You still oh, race. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, per, well, participating. Hey, we, we literally rode in a break for <laughs> what? 40 minutes of it and had Ted King break. It was a break. I thought it was a, oh, yeah. it was a pretty legit field. Like, do you want to, do you want to know a little like backstory on what was happening behind you? Cause you were off the front, like the entire time. I have no, I have no idea what was happening behind me. Uh, I just know that I can only ride hard on the road sections and I was really lucky that half of it was road. And so I yeah. rode off the front because I had to keep a power and that was, that was my only thought process. Oh, yeah. I saw your power. I don't, I don't have a power meter. I, I sold it. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, if you don't race, like, get rid of that stuff. Like, I, I wish I didn't have a power meter. But, but I, I have like 10 was, people looking at it. I was like, man, Sean Crane was pushing some serious numbers. Well, I'm also a yeah. unit, mate. <laughs> I'm not a small guy. Well, what basically happened was you were, I mean, you were gone for a long time. And I knew that, you know, that like 
stair step or gravel climb right after yeah. the river crossing. Yeah. Like, that is going to be bananas and there's no way I can hang up that climb. So I'm just going to sneak away and get there first. And yeah. that's kind of the tactic. That's the only thing I have is like, if it doesn't work, then I'm, I'm donezo. But, uh, I kind of just played it right. Ended up kind of just pulling that totally nonchalant, like, you know, looks like you're riding easy off the front until you yeah. crest over the hill. And then you're like full super tuck, just yeah. <laughs> going as hard as you can. Uh, and that, I think that was the only way I got to kind of hang with the lead group to the finish. I think that was the same for me, but like inadvertently, like, cause I got dropped on that stair stepper with the three other of you guys. So I was sitting in the lull. I was in between you oh, guys yeah. who were up front and then like Ted reabsorbed me. And then I just sat on with them for like a couple minutes so I could recollect myself. And then I felt okay again. And so. Yeah. We'll see how this weekend goes. I, I don't, I think there's like some single track in there. So that should be fun. Is any big hitters coming? Um, Hmm. I don't know. To yeah, be honest. We'll just find out. Probably George Hincapie again. Bobby. Uh, yeah, Bobby. He's fast. <laughs> Dude, he's he's cooking. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get him on the podcast too. So, but uh, but yeah, man, guys, thanks again so much for listening. If you haven't already, please make sure you you go check out Moose Packs, and all the links are down in the description below. Matt, thanks again, dude. Um, yes, you're welcome. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next time.